What do you do when you realize that you're a woman trapped in a man's body? What do you do when you realize the man you married is a woman? In this series, we reflect on our past to discuss how we got here and explore where we can go from this point moving forward. Hi, and welcome to The Rage. My name is Callista Termini. And I'm Jennifer Termini. And today we are talking about co-parenting a teenager, a 14 and a half year old teenager, as it so happens, and some of the difficulties that we've experienced um, as of late, we thought were worthy of, you know, just relationships in general, um, not only so much as how we uh, have to work with each other or choose to work with each other. But then when you have a 14 year old who is smart enough now to like try and manipulate us and sometimes. Oh, do you think that's what's happening? Oh, I think sometimes there's definite manipulation that's happening. Um, well, we could talk so, about that for sure. So the topic is co-parenting, right? We're co-parenting. Not, not like a, just talking about the kid uh, episode, right? No. But I know she's is, part of it. Yes. And I think, um, you know, teenagers are definitely, you know, more likely to try to manipulate their parents so that they get what they want a lot of the times. Okay. So you've said this twice. You must have something in mind. What is the thing that you felt there was manipulation happening? Oh, well, so we had a situation where um, I was visiting some friends and um, our daughter was at my place while I was away, but I had family visiting. So it was like, sure, you know, stay here and hang with them. Oh, that's because I needed to go. I wanted to go do something and I needed her to be with with an adult. So I asked if she could come to your house. Right. Yeah. Which, of course is, which is always fine. But because I wasn't there, she didn't get the usual responses or didn't get the usual results, maybe that she is used to getting. And so as a result of that, the information that got fed back to you was different from the actual Agreed. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I want you to finish what you have to say, but I, I can already see some of the writing on the wall here was just poor communication all around. And it wasn't like anyone's like nobody was doing it on purpose. But when I look back on the scenario, it was just poor communication across the board from her, maybe from me, from you, from your parents, from your girlfriend just around all around it just seemed like there was some misunderstandings and maybe some manipulation in the mix but um go ahead and finish what well you so like for example I think the thing that I'm mostly talking about was that um you know we live in a fairly urban part of <clears throat> of Los Angeles and our daughter wanted to walk with her friend to as you heard it to get some food and so when it was actually happening, <clears throat> it was conveyed that she wanted to go to Baskin Robbins and she wanted to walk with her friend. And this is at, you know, approximately eight o'clock at night. It's dark out. It's, you know, January uh, at the time. And so there's that on a very busy street. There are, you know, homeless encampments around and not necessarily anything that a would be okay for a 14 year old. 
But the way that that got conveyed to you was that she was hungry and, you know, nothing was offered and um, and as if, you know, she was mistreated is the way that it came across. She wasn't attended to as she should have been. Yeah, I feel like this story needs context. I'm sure people that are listening or watching have no real idea what the hell we're talking about. So let me just see if I can add a little something to give give a, a, a better picture. So maybe maybe people are understand. But to me, it just sounds like you're giving little pieces, but we're not looking at the big picture. So the gist of it was I needed to go somewhere. She was with me. I didn't want her to be alone. So I said, can she come to your house? You said, yes, absolutely. I'm not going to be there, but everyone else is. Great. Drop her off. I pick her up at the end of the night. She says, mom, come get me a little bit early. And I said, okay, sure. No problem. I was done. And then she gets in the car. I'm starved. Nobody fed me. <laughs> and I was like, nobody fed you. She's like, and I dropped her off at 430. So I was kind of like at first a little taken aback by that because you always feed her. And, um, and she had asked if she could bring a friend with her. And the thing is, the thing where she didn't communicate well was that she was very excited to have her friend there. It's a friend from when she was in all the way back from kindergarten. And that friend has been really busy lately with a boyfriend and other things in her life. So they don't spend as much time together as they used to. So in her mind, she was so excited to have her friend coming to your place for the first time and be able to spend a Friday night together. She didn't say that to any, any of us. So we didn't realize how important that was to her. Did so she she's there. And she, sorry to interrupt. I apologize. Did she in fact say that to you? Or are you inferring that? I know this. I'm inferring it because I know this to be true. Okay. Because I know that she doesn't get to spend the time that she used to. Well, she did tell me she was excited to have her there. And she said it was the first time that she was going to be at your house and it wasn't a great experience. And so I think she was embarrassed. But again, she didn't um, really express to anybody or set the scene or let anyone know it was important. It, she just made assumptions. So, of course, nobody's to blame, but there they were hungry and there wasn't really much to eat. And um, they uh, your dad was lovely and said, I'll order food. But then his wife said, oh, no, I'm going to make, you know, cheese balls with bell peppers, which doesn't sound great for a kid. But she didn't speak up and say that doesn't sound great because I don't I'm interjecting that she probably didn't want to push against that and, and speak up for herself. Maybe she felt uncomfortable for her own reasons. Not that your parents are not kind because they're awesome, but cheese balls wasn't going to cut it. But that was what was being offered. And so then they go rummaging through the cupboard and they find cereal and that wasn't really satisfying their you know thing. And then, you know, she's they're thinking, oh, let's get ice cream because, you know, kids are sugar monsters. They got to have ice cream. And of course, your girlfriend didn't want them walking alone in the dark by the homeless encampment. And I support that. Um, but that none of that was conveyed to me. I just picked her up and she's like, I'm hungry. I wasn't fed, you know, and I said, well, what a what about your grandparents? Like, didn't they offer? And, and she told me the scenario. And then she said that they were kind of doing their own thing. To be fair to them, they probably noticed that she had a friend and figured, we don't want to bug her. Let's let her have her time with her friend. But she's thinking, I want everyone to make this special for my friend is here. And just there was just bad communication. And then, um, so yeah, so the next day, she didn't want to go to lunch with everybody, with you guys. And in the, and I was told she was going to go to lunch with you guys, but I was never told what time. And she was never told what time. So in the morning, my girlfriend said, Hey, can I have you meet me for breakfast? I need help with a resume and I'll take, you know, you and your daughter to breakfast. And I thought, okay, if we go to breakfast, it's not going to interfere with any lunch plans. And we're going to be over 
towards your house. So if, if it, while we're out, if it's like, okay, it's time to pick up, I could drop her off. But I didn't communicate that with you. You know, we just, there was just a lot of assumptions. So then you called, I get a, I'm sitting there at breakfast and I get a text saying, Hey, I'm supposed to be picking her up for lunch. And apparently she's having breakfast with you. And it came across aggressive. So I responded a little aggressively back saying like, you know, whoa, calm down. And then you said something to me and then she started getting texts from you and she's whispering in my ear. And I, I just was annoyed and, and you were getting mad. And I said, don't, why are you shaming your daughter? Cause you were like, you need to apologize to grandpa. So there was just, when I look back on it, it was so many just little micro things that, seemed bigger than they were at the time to the point of co-parenting. I think you and I did a really good job of eventually sitting down and talking because I said, I knew you were agitated. So I said to you, can we have a private conversation? You said about what? (laughs) And I go, (laughs) we're going to have that conversation later because I knew that you were agitated and uncomfortable. Oh, because I took offense to you saying, why are you shaming our daughter? Um, when that what was, you said felt like shaming. And I wanted you to just like kind of notice that maybe you were going to right, a place you should so, be going to. But, you know, it wasn't shaming. It was a teachable moment. It was a parenting moment where, you know, she hadn't conveyed any of this. It was 1130 in the afternoon when um, or morning when I was texting you because it was approaching lunchtime. Um, she was having lunch with you. And of course, then it's sort of like. Sorry, yes, breakfast with you, but it was already 1130. And then she says that she doesn't want to go. And I wasn't aware of anything that had happened because she didn't communicate any of that to me uh, before. The only thing that now I'm dealing with is everybody's like, but we made plans. What's going on? And of course, the grandparents, you know, want to spend time with her and see her and all of that. So I'm having now to... Uh, deal with their disappointment uh, for something where as a 14 year old, she should be communicating better. And I asked her to apologize because, you know, to her grandparents, I mean, as a 14 year old, it's very easy to not treat people with the same level of, uh, you know, emotional care that we do as adults. And so sometimes I think that comes across as a little aloof. And so they're disappointed. I don't want them to perceive Athena as being aloof and and disregarding them. And so that was the point of having her, you know, basically you made this commitment. So now at least please apologize to them. It wasn't like, well, you have oh, to by apologize. the way by the way, the asking for her to apologize didn't get didn't bend me out of shape at all. And I immediately said, your dad's right. You should get on the phone and apologize. I said the shaming thing about something else you had said earlier, because she was getting very agitated at the table going saying that you were really coming hard on her. And so then that's when I said, like, whoa, why are you shaming her? And then you said, well, you better apologize to your grandparents. And I said, your dad's right. You better. And if you notice, she got on the phone immediately and apologize to the grandparents. She thought this was her expression to me and I wasn't there to see it. So I don't know if it was true or not true, but she said the night before when she was asked if she was going, she said yes. And her impression was that they were kind of ho-hum about it. They're, they're, 
She said Dee seemed surprised and that the grandparents were kind of like, oh, okay. So she didn't really feel like it was a big deal. Now, obviously she misread that. Um, and you and I, because we weren't in front of each other, we didn't have a chance to discuss anything. You didn't have a chance to hear what she told me. So it was just like the circumstances mm -hmm. where we both got a little agitated because normally when you and I have a chance to talk, we're both very reasonable and we usually see eye to eye about most things, non all things except money. One <laughs> thing we never agree on. But as far as everything else, I feel like we're pretty agreeable, don't you? I think we're pretty agreeable about money too. I don't bring up a lot of things about money with you because I don't. I, it, can we not talk about this? We right cannot now? talk. Yes. Yes, we cannot talk about this. <laughs> so yeah, you, you think we're agreeable because I don't bring stuff up. <laughs> Likewise. So anyway, but <clears throat> putting it back on track with um, with what's going on now, it kind of left me and we did talk about this, um, but it left me feeling like we weren't on the same page in terms of, you know, communicating effectively and making sure that Athena isn't trying to play one of us off against the other. So you know, when she tells you like nobody, you know, offered her food other than cheese balls or that she was starving and her needs weren't attended to, um, you know, there was even more to that than what she was saying, because, in fact, it was just about the ice cream. It was just the fact that, no, I'm not taking you to get ice cream. No, you can't walk there. And that's all it was about. And she made it seem like she was depraved, deprived. Mm. <laughs> yeah well so, I, I i can i add something here that is i think is in, interesting and important mm -hmm. so because she's 14 i want her to have more autonomy normally i get involved in everything because i want to make sure she's on time she's doing the right thing she has the supplies she needs but that's micromanaging so now that she's 14 i feel like she should start making her own schedule she should start making her own counselor appointments at school packing her own things taking responsibility for herself mm -hmm. so in part of that in my head i never communicated this to anyone but in my head i was like okay she needs to start doing more things autonomously and part of that is making her schedule with you. So if you guys make plans instead of me going, okay, what's going on? What time? What's happening? Who's picking up who? I just am like, I'm going to let her figure it out. And that's where I do see one of the problems happened is that I didn't ask you. Normally I would have followed up with you the minute I heard that you guys were going for lunch and I would have said, okay, what time are you coming? Are you picking her up? I would have asked a lot of questions that I didn't typically ask. I didn't ask anything because I thought that's, they need to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so it was a crash and burn, but there's a lot of lessons being learned right there. And I think she's learning them too, because she saw that it created a little divisiveness between you and I. Um, she also saw that she potentially was trying to manipulate the storyline, but mm -hmm. we talked about it the next day and we, that little house crumbled fast when we realized there was no mal intent. There was no nefarious person here. But yeah, it whipped us up a little bit because we were being told stories that maybe weren't based completely in fact. Yeah, and I, I, I recognize that. Yeah, and I think that's the point that I'm getting at. Not necessarily, I'm not pointing the finger, but 
um, you know, for you and I to be able to communicate effectively and say, hey, like, let's talk to each other before assuming things. Because I think one of the things that at the time, and we did, we talked about this, so I'm just reiterating it for the purpose of people who are watching and listening to this, that that comment about why are you shaming her really um, felt, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to feel like, it just felt like a slap in the face because that was the last thing that I was trying to do. Um, I was, you know, and I, I said before, like she needs to, like you say, she needs to, you know, uh, take responsibility for herself. So she has to, you know, um, you know, honor her commitments and things of that nature. And I did then explain that to you, which you understood. And then when we talked the following day or whenever it was, what I had said to you was that I wanted the benefit of the doubt, you know, give me the benefit of the doubt when you're hearing things from Athena, because she may be you know, telling things in a way that is not the full truth. Not that she's trying to lie per se, but she withholds things because she's a teenager for one. And there's a whole lot of, you know, reasons why teenagers do what they do, <laughs> you know, that we could have several conversations about. Well, you know, I think we need to be clear. You weren't home that night. If you were home, things oh, would have been, been different. completely different. And, and I, yeah, things would have been di completely different. So you weren't there. So right. it was like, neither one of us was there. So it wasn't like I was saying that you were being a bad parent. You weren't even there. Mm -hmm. No, and you, I, no, I think it was not about me being a bad parent because no, I wasn't there. But you said give you the benefit of the doubt. Of, um, of, I'm referring to like when you said, you know, why are you shaming her? I'm um, trying to remember what it was that you said that triggered me. Maybe I'm, maybe it's still in the text here. I don't know. That made me, because I saw her getting, okay, you know, she deals with some anxiety and I just mm -hmm. saw her getting really anxious at the table. And I was like, oh, and I guess I probably instinctively went into a little bit of mama bear protective mode. And yeah. I get where... I should have paused before I did that. I, that was a reaction, a reaction from me that came from an emotional place rather than a logical place. Yeah. So I get that. And that's why I'm saying like, you know, I want you, I give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, most of the time, I'm not saying that I'm perfect either, but the, I think the goal is, you know, for us in terms of co-parenting to give each other the benefit of the doubt and to, as much as we can, communicate with each other so that uh, to our daughter, there isn't this wedge that she can use to divide us so that she can get maybe something that she wants that otherwise we would, you know, say no to. Well, I think you were like under the walking impression. to Baskin Robbins. I think you were under the impression that I was bad mouthing you and no telling her bad things and i wasn't no it was just that that comment about me shaming her that felt like it was it didn't feel like at that moment that i was and and i understand like i had my own frustrations because i'm dealing with you know family members and people breathing down my throat about what's going on so yes that 
as we've said, is part of the bad communication that occurred. All I'm saying is that, you know, for both of us, for us to continue to, you know, function as Athena's uh, collective parents is giving each other the benefit of the doubt. And so I'm not saying that to reiterate it. I'm saying it for people who are watching. You're beating a dead horse there. No, I'm saying it for people who are watching this and and listening to this who are separated and divorced or struggling in their own situation with children um, because regardless of whether you are trans or straight or cis or gay or anything else for that matter the idea is that um, we have to work together because she's at an age where she is smart enough to know how to manipulate us. And she does it. And I mean, she did it to me the other day. And it was kind of frustrating because, all right, so new story now. I uh, picked her up from school and we're driving back and I asked her about her grade in um, in biology and in living science. Um, because it's not acceptable. And she acted shocked. And when I asked her about it, she said that something that she turned in didn't get marked as turned in. And she started to cry in the car. And all of a sudden, my instinct is to console her And I found myself saying, hey, listen, if it's just a mistake, it's just a mistake. You know, like people are always going to be disappointing you and people make mistakes, too. So, you know, you have to just navigate this and it's okay. But she was just getting so upset and crying about it that I felt, you know, number one, I felt like, well, I, I, I feel like I'm I need to shut down and console her instead of having a moment with her where I can say, like, suck it up. You know, you can figure this out. This isn't worth, you know, getting so upset about. You just need to handle it. And, you know, and having it be more of a teachable moment. I know I saw you do a big huff at me saying suck it up. I would have never said suck it up to her. But the idea is that you need to be able to handle these types of things because they're going to happen to you all your life of people not, you know, doing what they say they're going to do or anticipating um, your needs and people make mistakes. But I felt like the crying just shut me down to the point where I didn't want to make her more upset. And so I just kind of left it alone at that point. Can I shed some light from my perspective? Yes. She's coming out of a multi-year situation where she's had a lot of untreated anxiety now she's handling it and and she's starting to feel more emotions where she had been shut down for years and not crying and not expressing herself now she's crying she's expressing herself and she tells me it feels good to let it out instead of holding it in and she's navigating new classes and difficult teachers and situations where things are happening there. One of the teachers lost her spouse and there's been a change in the leadership there. And um, sometimes, and she's struggling in some of the classes um, and 
and there's multiple, there's like three classes that she's having a hard time with. And so when we ask her, why do you have this grade? Or why is this not turned in? It's harder for her to just calmly articulate to us and say, well, I did do it. It just wasn't like she just started a ceramics class, literally changed classes, just started on Monday. And her grade says F. And I laughed in the car today. I said, how could you possibly have an F in ceramics when you just started on Monday and today is Wednesday? You know, and she goes, well, because they haven't put in a grade. I go, well, why don't why don't why do they put an F? Why don't they just leave it blank? You know, I go, is there something you didn't turn in and in two days, you know, and she goes, well, I tried doing this to this uh, ceramic and I did it wrong because the teacher wasn't able to help me or something happened. But the point is, she's navigating quite a few different things and she's trying to figure out how to handle it. So yes, I see the need to be a tough parent and say we need this life is going to disappoint us and we need to advocate for ourselves and in ways we need to suck it up. But I also think this is a time where we could be, we should be a little bit gentler with her because she, she is trying. She is communicating more. She is doing better, but something still overwhelm her. And she's relatively new to this management of uh, stress and sure. anxiety. So I would say to you, come with compassion more than strict parenting style, at least right now, or try to have it be hand in hand or dovetail those two things. Well, and, and fair. And that's why I, I didn't continue. And like I said, I think I misrepresented myself a little bit when I said, suck it up, because that wasn't really, I, I want her to be able to be more resilient and I'm guessing, well, that's just something that's going to come with more time that she will get there. Um, the more comfortable she feels with us, the more she will become more resilient because she'll share more with you. I think she shares more with me than she does with you right now, because I think she thinks you come from a tough love position. And that's not always what she wants. That's the impression I get. You think that's wrong? I do, because I, I, I am. If anything, I feel like I have to walk on glass a little bit because I always want to be very sensitive to her because of the fact like, I mean, I'm kind of upset with the fact that my parents were here for a whole month because I feel like it derailed progress that had been made with her feeling, you know, more comfortable being here. And then, of course, you know, I go to visit friends that I haven't seen in literally three years since before the pandemic one night and then, you know, all of this happens. And yeah. so it's very frustrating for me because I really feel like I try very hard to uh, make it as friendly and welcoming as a space as possible. I don't know where she gets this interpretation of me being you know, and, and again, I don't know if it's just your language about, you know, tough love, because I'm never that. I mean, tough love is a very specific thing that you're referring to. Well, you said suck it up. That's what triggered that. Yes, I understand that. But um, I didn't do that. And in fact, what what I did was to then feel like I want her to be successful and I want her to have these teachable moments and I want her to be able to manage her own distress. And that's why I was saying, hey, like, it's okay if it's just a mistake. This is this is a fixable situation is in fact what I said to her. But she was crying about it. And I was trying to understand like, 
this isn't anything that you need to cry over. So why are you crying about it? And I didn't well, say because that. she has feelings that she just is there coming up to the surface and they got to come out. And, and that's fair. That's fair because I didn't take that into consideration. And so I can definitely relate to that because, you know, early in my transition, there was just this flood of it was like the cork came off the bottle and, you know, the bottle had been shaking, you know, in the paint mixer for, you know, 30 some odd years. And so when that cork came off, you know, it was like just it was a lot. So, yeah, so I, I think, think there's been a lot of suppression happening on her end and now it's coming out. And that's yes. a wonderful. Thing. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I think because I want to wrap things up here because we yeah, can go on and on about this, but I think this illustrates like how easily things can get very messy and how easily um, words and actions can get misconstrued. And so being able to just uh, be. I like your words about benefit of the doubt. Yes. Yes. And so you know, I want that. I want the benefit of the doubt. I want you to always think that I am coming from a compassionate place. Uh, I understand that for her, she has, and that's for Athena and I to, you know, work through and figure out. And I think the more time she spends here, the better that will happen. Um, so hopefully with my parents now being she gone. just walked into the room. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be, you know, I want that to be more of the case. Um, and there being that sense of feeling more comfortable and more like this is equally her space too. Gotcha. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to add, I know we're trying to wrap up, but I was just going to say my, my mom and I have a, like a thing in place where we give each other the benefit of the doubt. And I cannot tell you how valuable that has been uh -huh. because, you know, with multiple siblings, things, they like to tell stories. People like to embellish. They like to twist things. Sometimes it's innocent. Sometimes they just, you know, my mom said the stone house and my sister heard stone cold creamery or whatever. So she said to my other sister that something happened in an ice cream parlor. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like that story that just goes around and, and yeah, it gets telephone all tag, wacky. right? Yeah, yeah. So um, my mom and I always we don't react when we hear things. We just take the information. We assume that the other one meant nothing but positive and goodness, and it really curtails a lot of problems. So I will, um, I'll try to do more of that with you. Fair, likewise. So thank you. Great, all problems solved in under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> clear it will be clear clear sailing with a teenager from this point forward yeah well she's a great kid and she I think is both would no agree. she is um and i'm very grateful for that um okay so thank you for watching uh if you have any questions about this episode or comments as always we welcome them as long as they're nice <laughs> <laughs> no i was gonna say go to your oh so let me say please hit that subscribe button below if you want to see more yeah, like and share this episode and join us on Patreon. We love our supporters. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thank you for tuning into The Rage. If you haven't done so already, please hit the like, share, and subscribe button now. We truly appreciate all your wonderful support. Find us on social media at The Rage Episodes. And leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Want to get more involved? Join us on Patreon. 
Supporters receive extra benefits as well as access to member-only content. Thanks again and have a beautiful day.